Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Sylvester Marcus building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Angel and Avenging Angel. Her only friends are on the streets. Her only chance is on her own. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Tonight we're talking about those two, well, I was going to say great, uh, (laughs) (laughs) two notorious revenge flicks of the 80s, Angel and Avenging Angel. And the reason we're not talking about all four of them is because we didn't have a chance to watch the other two. (laughs) The fact that we got through two is quite miraculous. You know, the the lounge is still in the process of selling and moving and uh, And it's been quite the adventure. yeah, it's in a state of upheaval right now. So yeah, we're lucky we got we're getting this one down. Uh and hopefully we'll have time to edit it and, <laughs> and post it too. So. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But if you're hearing this, then obviously we did. So. Self fulfilling prophecy. I'm so tired see. right now. <laughs> it's a lot of work. That's okay. We're getting there. But yes, we got through two movies. Yes. Angel and Avenging Angel. And Avenging Angel. And these these two are notorious. I mean Everybody has heard of these. Yes. Pretty much. You know, who likes this? I, I think I actually did see, I believe I saw both of them yeah. a long time ago, but I don't remember them. I know I saw the first one years and years and years and years ago. And I remember remembered bits and pieces of it when we watched it again. But yeah. The second one I had never seen, nor had I have I seen the third. And yes, they did a fourth one. Yes. Uh, which we do have to hunt down now. Yeah, we will you will have to watch them because I'm a completionist <laughs> yeah. and I must know. But I uh have not seen them yet. But it'll happen. So if any of you have seen the third or fourth one, please yeah. let us know what you thought. Now the basic plot of the first one is Angel she's a street prostitute by night, by day she's Molly, prep school student. Mm-hmm. And straight A honor roll student. Yes, and, and and she's underage. She's still a minor. I think she's... So 15, I think is what they said she 15 is. 15 or 16, yeah. 15. 15? That's right. They do say that. Yeah, because they yeah. come out with that later on. And she's working you know, working the streets at night to pay for the school. Everybody that knows her, uh, all of her people on the street that are friends of hers, and even her landlord, think that her mom's an invalid. And that's why they never see her. But... We come to find out that she's living on her own in this apartment. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And her dad left when she was a lot younger. Though, for the most of the movie, they never said this, but somehow, I think you and I both came to the conclusion that he died. But he didn't die. He just left. Yeah, I thought they <laughs> I thought they said at the beginning that he was dead, but later in the movie, she says something that he, he left when she was young. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because they're walking down the street, and I'm skipping around, I'm sorry, but uh, she and Kit are walking down the street, and he's reminiscing about her father, and he says, I really miss him, and she said, yeah. I miss him too. And so it makes it sound like he's dead. Now, I yeah. don't know if that was poor writing or if that was <laughs> intentionally misleading. I'm not sure, but regardless. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about, you mentioned Kit. We do have to talk about the other characters in the film, because one thing about this first film most of it, it, it takes place on the streets of L.A., like Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. most of it, which back in the 80s was a very colorful place. Yeah. Lots of characters, like local characters on the street, 
prostitutes and street magicians and street performers and people just, you know, doing acts and stuff for a couple bucks. And God knows what it's like today. I haven't been there, so I couldn't tell you. But you you get a real sense of that, I think, in this first movie. Mm -hmm. And some of the characters we meet that are her friends are some of the other prostitutes, of course. Rory Calhoun plays a character named Kit Carson, mm-hmm. and he's a old, retired uh, cowboy Hollywood stuntman. Yeah, who's on the street telling stories about the glory days, dressed in this cowboy outfit and doing gun tricks, and uh, you know, flipping a gun, putting it in his holster, and handing out cowboy pictures. Yeah, to the tourists and things. And then there's Yo-Yo, who's this young guy dressed up like Chaplin, doing yo-yo tricks and uh, I guess maybe some street magic and stuff. Oh, and then there's May. I love May. Played by Dick Sean. Dick Sean has been in everything in the, the 60s and early 70s and all. Uh, well, up until the 80s there. But he plays a male. Is he a cross-dressing prostitute? Yeah. Or does he, is he just a cross-dresser that doesn't act or something? I got the impression he was a prostitute. He's a prostitute, yeah. Okay. Because he, he goes out with all the <laughs> prostitutes. Okay. But he's a male in bad drag. And then Solly, his significant other, played by Susan Terrell, who's been in tons of Grindhouse movies and things. Including The Forbidden Zone. Yes, which <laughs> we will eventually we get to. And But she's this hardcore dyke, for lack of a better word. I mean, the well, typical... she calls herself a dyke, Yeah, you know? she's the, the, the atypical look. I mean, they went out of their way to make her look like, yeah. you know, a cliche. Cliche, 80s. Dyke yeah. is what, what she is, yeah. And she has got the foulest mouth. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Some of the stuff she comes with is funny as hell. <laughs> it is hilarious. She fancies herself an artist, and no one believes that she is, but she... Oh, these horrible... They, they cater to her. Paintings. Uh, but she and Dick Sean are together, or May, rather. But it's not blatant. Yeah. I mean, it is and it isn't. Yeah. yeah you know? Anyway, well, at the, it doesn't matter. Towards I just, the end, yeah. she yeah says yeah. how she feels about him, kind of. Yeah. But see, is that it of all the... The main street characters, right? That's the street, yeah. 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 Then there's the school people, the people yeah. she goes to school with. So you, some of her classmates. Oh, and then there's the, the cop, Lieutenant... Andrews. Andrews. You're young, attractive, healthy. You're swimming around in a toilet bowl. The plot of the movie, though... Um, you um, bounce around. Yeah. Is that there's a serial killer killing prostitutes. Mm-hmm. That's the main story of the movie. All the other stuff is the backstory of who she is and why she's doing this. Yeah. And Andrews is the cop that's looking for this serial killer. Right. And he eventually meets Angel. And he's really curious about her because he's, you know, he knows she's underage, but doesn't know how young. And so he tails her and finds out that she goes to school during the day. And then Mm -hmm. he goes back to the apartment and finds out that she doesn't have a mother. She's living there alone. And that's where it comes out. Her backstory about her dad leaving, her mom. When we thought maybe she died on her, but no, her mom just left a note one day said she found somebody and she's moving away. Yeah, you know when when he busted in the door, he busts into the apartment and wants to meet mom, and she's like no, and she goes runs to the bedroom door and blocks it, and he's like oh is she in here? For a few minutes there when they're arguing back and forth, I really 
had this weird sneaking suspicion that she was going to open the door and either find a dead body or (laughs) I don't know why I thought that because (laughs) it's not like you could have a dead body in the apartment that long, you know, but I I don't know what I was thinking, but But it's just an empty room. Yeah. But anyway, it's a completely empty room. There's nothing in there, but a bed that's not made with anything on it. There's empty dresser. And so she gives him the note that was left to her by her mother. And it was, Molly, I guess, had read it so often she had it memorized. And yeah. it says something like, Dear Molly, please I met forgive this, me. Yeah, please forgive me. I met this man. We're moving to New York. You're probably better off without me. And yeah. she left her a $100 bill. $100 bill. Yeah. And that's when Molly was 12 years old. Yeah. Left her alone in that apartment when she was 12 years old. No dad. Nobody. And... The cop is like, he feels for her all of a sudden. I mean, he, he was curious about her and wanted to get her off the streets because she was young. But then he just like, all of a sudden, you can see he just kind of like totally feels this poor kid, you know? Yeah. So he's and he so asks, she, why, he's why? like, you've been here living by yourself since you were 12 years old. And she said, yeah, for three years I've been living on the streets. And he said, how did you get into the prostitution? She said, well, it was easy. I just put on some sexy clothes and high heels and went out and made a living. And she, you know, paid her rent in the apartment, bought food, paid her utilities, and paid her way for, through school. Yeah. So she can get out, because she doesn't want to be a prostitute. She wants to, you know, get through school and get out of this, out of the scene. Mm-hmm. But the serial killer has other ideas. Yeah. So, yeah, the main plot of it, of course, or, or it really, they're both kind of plots together. They go side by side, you know, uh, none of her friends yet have died. At the beginning of the movie, yeah. it's just the prostitutes are, are being killed, but she doesn't yeah. know them yet. And then somebody she knows gets murdered. Yeah. And then her buddy, it's like her friend, she and this other prostitute, I guess, rent a room. They share a room uh, at together at this Fleabag this, Motel. This, yeah, this motel for tricks and whatnot. And that girl, I can't remember, Laura, maybe, Lana, something starts with yeah. Anyway, she ends up getting murdered. And then, of course, now it's it's close to home. And she actually saw the guy that time. She, yeah, saw, she saw from a distance across the street. The girl walk away with the guy. Yeah. So she knows kind of what he looks like. So now she's really involved and she's gone to the cops and given them a description. And she has to go before a lineup. And yeah. They pull a bunch of guys in because they have a a vague... Well, a police sketch. A pretty decent yeah. police sketch. So they pull a bunch of guys in and look alike, and one of them is a serial killer. It just so happens they got one. Yeah. It was him, yeah. And chaos ensues. And the guy gets away. And the guy gets away. He gets he gets recognized, and he takes one of the police's gun, like like you do, and gets out of the police station and, and manages to escape. Then he knows they're after him, so he shows him in his... Uh, the scenes of this guy alone in his room are creepy. Yeah, well, they make it's supposed to be, and it's it done is. well. They do a great job. Uh, but towards the end here, he starts. He shaves his head, mm-hmm. and the next time we see him, he's in robes with Harry Krishna's going down the boulevard. Yeah, and Angel is determined to get the serial killer now because her friends are getting killed right. close to her. Right. So now she's got a gun. She's got Kit teach her how to shoot. Yeah, and. uh you know, we we leave a lot out when we give you these brief descriptions of what's going well, we on. Don't but, wanna, we don't want to tell the whole well, movie. Well, obviously, but, but, you know. but it really, this first movie gives you a lot of, a lot of character development in to the street 
characters. It gives yeah. you a lot you of a, feeling of what's happening. You get a real sense of the Hollywood Boulevard at the time. Yeah, I mean, well, I can only as imagine much as you we can weren't from a movie. Yeah, I we mean, weren't actually there, but but I felt like you got to see kind of yeah. Well, this is Hollywood the, Boulevard from there. The point street of view. is kind of a character too. Yeah, in this. Unlike the sequel, when we start talking about that, <laughs> right? Um, but it's a straight up serious action revenge picture. Yeah, uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about the. It, there is a good bit of time spent with her at school, not a ton, yeah. but a little bit. She is in school. Oh yeah, a good bit. We, she we does really see, well. She's got good grades. Yeah, um, and the jocks she's, harassing her. Yeah, the and, jocks are harassing her, and they want to take her out, and oh, they she refuses them, and. Girls' locker room shower scene. Oh yeah, which is glorious. And then you, except when you stop to think that they're all you know fifteen, sixteen year olds. (laughs) Yeah, but it was the eighties, and none of (laughs) none of them are played by actual age. Actually, actually, the girl that plays Molly was like twenty three. Oh yeah, playing a fifteen year old. Yeah, or something like that. Then you meet the, uh, I guess the guidance counselor. Yeah, who's an actress that you saw all over eighties TV. Yeah, and and she was very concerned. She liked Molly a lot, and of course Molly gives her a whole spiel about it you well know, the guidance counselor says why aren't you involved in any outside activities and of course molly doesn't have time for that she's she got to take care of her invalid <laughs> she's gotta go yeah so she tells her that her mom had a stroke and she has to take care of her yeah. mother so she buys it hook line and sinker and <laughs> she gives her a personal phone number please give me a call yeah. anytime you need anything but then of course you knew it was going to happen yep somebody from school and the it jocks. happens to be the jocks are harassing her are driving to Hollywood Boulevard at night and recognize her. They see yep. her as a dressed as a prostitute, and then they pull they pull her into the car. Yeah, and uh, decide they're going to have their way with her, not even thinking that hey, this is rape and illegal, and you could go Kidnapping to jail for life. And yeah, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But they get her into a back alley, and she says, "Okay, okay, don't hurt me. I'll do anything you say." Yeah, just but, I just I don't want to get pregnant. Let me get a condom out of my purse. Yeah, and she and pulls out she her pulls gun. out her gun. <laughs> And uh, tells them to run away, and the one guy, you know, pisses himself, and then she makes him go away, and she walks away. Of course, though. Of course, now she's humiliated the jock in front of his buddies, and so he goes and spreads the rumor through school and the guidance counselor yeah. and everybody else that she's actually a prostitute. So it blows her whole school career, at that school anyway, and she's crying and flips out, and so she goes to Andrews, mm-hmm. who she hated cops to begin with. But this is the only guy that's sh- like shown her any compassion, yeah, and a real you know caring. And then the rest of the movie is the serial killer coming after her because. Well, see, I don't really get station. how he saw her, but that's okay. Well, because he shot the glass, the two way glass broke. And he oh, could see that's him right. Okay, but and she she like ducked down. But anyway, yeah. I, he could have still seen her. So so he's after her that. now at this point, and that's the rest of the movie. Yeah, basically. Well, you know, in the beginning, they they ask about the. The guy, you know, who is who is this murderer? Who are we looking for? And the description that they give was what they say. This guy is he's probably bisexual. He's probably abused by his mother. I mean, all these things oh, that they say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just, yeah, I know, but just all the things yeah. that they say, and I I missed completely where they said that he was into necrophilia. I don't know how I missed that, but I did. Oh yeah, that's because way well, the beginning. They talk about when they talk about the serial killer. We're hearing about it in the exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, he chops the prostitutes up. Yeah, but he has sex with the corpse first. Yeah, after he kills them, 
and then he chops up them up. Yeah, I don't know how I missed that in yeah. the beginning, but they the, they strongly insinuate that's going to happen. Oh, that and, was and you really see it start creepy. to happen. It was creepy. And then it cuts away. Yeah, they did a really good job yeah. with it. Oh, and the guy that's playing the serial killer is the same guy that played the Wolfman in <laughs> Monster Squad. I can't think of his name, but we he's been in lots of '80s stuff. We did not get to verify that Wolfman's indeed got nards. You almost did though. Almost, but not quite. Yeah, you know he's got a, a shiny hiney though. Shiny hiney. <laughs> That scene where he's standing in the tub in front of his window. Scrubbing. And, yeah. That wash tub. Instead of Manic. Him, taking a shower. Yeah. And just it's like scraping himself with some kind of scrub brush. That was a. Uh, that was creepy. That was pretty rough. Yeah. You know? So this first one, it really has a lot of ambiance. It's got a lot of grit. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just. It's a straightforward, for, low budget grindhouse. Like I said, revenge picture. Yeah. But for the movie that. We started to watch, or or and did indeed watch. Yeah, I didn't think that's what we were going to get. Expected to be cheesier. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I thought it was going to be the lighter. Sequel didn't disappoint you, right? But I thought the first yeah. one was going to be lighter. I thought oh, it was yeah. going to be, but it, it you wasn't. Know, but it all. wasn't. It was. It was very good. It, I liked it was it a really lot. not a bad movie. No, uh, I liked it. It had quirky characters that mm-hmm. you would expect in the street, and you got, you did get the sense of these people all kind of look out for each other, like they're a community oh, yeah. unto themselves. Yeah, they know? have made their own family. Yeah. But that's the that's probably the coolest thing about this movie, I think, is it is a little gritty, like you said, and you get that feeling of the street mm-hmm. scene at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's shot pretty good, too. The camera work is all right, you know. It, yeah, I mean, and, nothing in it was jarring yeah. to me. At no point was I distracted by the cinematography. Yeah, this is one, you know, I would watch this one again, definitely, I think, because it was better than I expected. Yeah. You know, and I would kind of like to go back and, and see it again, especially after watching the sequel. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to see it because the tone switch between the two movies is completely different. So different. You know, one thing I didn't notice in the first movie was like music and background music and stuff. Yeah. The second one. All over the place. All over the place. Some yeah. of the weird choices they used oh, yeah. was very yeah. distracting. But well, this first one, I didn't notice that. So I guess it did an yeah. okay job. The first one was, I think, 84. And the second one was 85. Mm-hmm. So they rushed another one back out uh, out after this. Because the first one did moderately all right at the box office. The second one, each succeeding one after that did. Worse poor, and worse. Yeah, worse than the previous one. The second one, Avenging Angel, the first sequel... Much lighter tone, almost yeah. tongue in cheek, most of it. Yeah. Uh, it was a serious plot going through it, but it starts off. We're reintroduced to Angel, who's now in college, or Molly rather. Angel's been put to rest. Five yeah. years has gone by. Was it five? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think they said it was five years. Well, I remember Andrews says that, you know, going through four years of college in three years isn't bad. Oh, like well. she had done well, so I got the impression it was only three. Well, years. she she'd have to finish high school. Oh, she had first. to finish school. Sorry, yeah. forgot about that. She hadn't graduated high school yet. Yeah, so five years. That's right. So five years have gone by since she left the streets, and Andrews is. We come to find out he's kind of taking care of her and paid her way through school, mm-hmm. and she's in law school now. Right. And again, you know, top of her class apparently. Yep, doing well. Has stuff. a has a somewhat steady boyfriend, I guess. Yeah. Although you only see it at the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then he's gone. And she and Andrews are going to meet for dinner, what, in a that day night. or so? That no, night. that night. Oh, that night. Yeah, she's in, like, track and field or something. She yeah. ran a race. and. But he has to be back to work. So he goes back, and he ends up 
witnessing a hit. Well, he comes in at the end of it. Yeah. yeah, he comes in at the end of it, and the guys are coming out, and there's four of them with guns and shotguns and stuff, and he tells them to stop police, and he shoots one of them, and two of the other, one of the two of the other ones end up shooting him, mm-hmm. and he dies in the street. Yep. And this other street person, Johnny Glitter, mm-hmm. played by Barry Pearl from Greece, <laughs> sees it, and and the guys take off. They don't pay much attention to this guy. Mm-hmm. So he takes off, he goes into hiding, and then word gets back to Molly that Andrews has died. Yeah. And she is... Distraught. Very distraught, of course, and and pissed, and she wants to find out who did it. And of course, she can't leave it to the cops, because she doesn't like cops, regardless of the fact that the one guy she does like is a Mm. cop. She doesn't like any of the other ones. Which she doesn't trust him. Yeah. So she's... By the way, she is played by a new actor. Yeah, a new actress, Betsy Russell, in this one, mm-hmm. who was in, uh, it's escaping me, lots of other things, 80s stuff. So she goes back to the streets, and she because meets... Because Angel could find out way more yeah. information than Molly can on the street. Yeah. But first, she's still Molly. Yeah. And she meets up with Yo-Yo first. Yo-Yo, yeah. But you, you kind of lose him after a while. He's only in the first yeah. part, kind of. But he's played but by yeah, the same she, actor. Yeah, and dresses the same, doing yeah, the same doing act. the same thing. And uh, he's like, oh my God, you know, it's been five years, and you look great. And they catch up. And he says, have you seen Solly yet? She's like, no. He says, let's go. So they go to Solly. Yeah. Who's, it looks like it's a different apartment building. Yeah, he says that oh, he got it from okay. another, another apartment or another tenant or something. Yeah, and she's got an old antique hearse that she got from another tenant who yeah, it was a pet cemetery or yeah. something. And now she's uh, gone into sculpture, welding sculpture, away from paintings. <laughs> and they meet, and of course she's just as foul-mouthed as Susan Terrell, playing this character again. You yeah. couldn't have anybody else do it. And now she apparently has a baby. Yeah, she has an infant, which, again, a tenant left. A tenant leaves lots of things for her, apparently, yeah, know, including that, babies. That, that girl died. They find the body. Yeah, well, the, the girl left her. Yeah. Or left the baby there when she owed money and she just took off and left the baby. And then they found her body like two a couple weeks days later yeah. or something behind the building. So Solly is taking care of this baby until she can figure out what to do with it. But mm-hmm. you know she's not going to get rid of it. No, because she, she adores him. Yeah. Little Buck, right? <laughs> That's what they end up naming it, yeah. And uh, so she tells them that what's, what's going on with it. Andrew's dying. She's going to find out who it is, but they need help. Where's Kit? And come to find out he is in an asylum. Someone has committed Kit to the asylum. Yeah. So they go to they're gonna bust Kit out of the asylum. And here's where it takes a, a turn. Cause this has a, turned into like this weird comedy now. Yeah. The, them breaking him out, the music is co- is goofy comedy music. The whole shtick of them Solly's dressed like a, a cliche widow and Angel's dressed like a nurse, and they're going into this hospital to they split up to try to find Kit. And they're sneaking across hallways like the Scooby-Doo. like the Scooby gang. Yeah. It's weird. It's complete tonal shift from the first movie. And the music is bizarre. Yeah, it's where the fir- where the first movie was kind of quirky and had a little something to it. A little, you know, gritty. This is like just almost any other generic 80s movie of its type. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just freaking weird. The only thing really cool about it is seeing the peripheral characters, the same actors. Yeah, yeah. But they they do get Kit out, and now the gang's back together. Mm-hmm. And then we see Angel come out, 
from one of the rooms dressed all as angel now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all hookerified and looking good too. <laughs> the biggest problem for me is there's only one scene where she's out on the street actually being angel like a hooker. But she's not I mean, she's really. Not, she's, she's, she's not looking. Out, yeah. She's just out talking to people yeah, on the street. But you don't get a sense that she's angel. Yeah, you know, she's not using that st- that status of a yeah. street prostitute to get her anywhere. Yeah. To find that information, she's just walking around dressed like angel. Yeah. So there's no sense of anything. That, uh, why is she even doing that? Really? I well, you're right. You know, I, my only thought to that is that. Maybe she thought if she dressed the part yeah. that she would look like she fit in, even yeah, if that's, she I didn't mean, I still. I get that. I get that. But for the story, for us to, yeah, to no, I, get, I get a it. feeling of it, it would have been, I think if she would have picked up a couple of tricks, like scoped them out to like, okay, I might be able to find something from this guy mm-hmm. and had them pick her up and then get try to get information, you know, and hold Held them, them up. at gunpoint kind or, of something. or something. You know, yeah. Yeah. Or if she would have find out who the guys were and then pick them up kind of like, you know, I spit on your yeah, grave, see, that pick them up good. and seduced them and then took yeah. them out like that. That would have been a little more hardcore, a little grittier. Yeah, that, that would have been cool. Cause they do, they did use prostitutes as you see later. Yeah. So yeah, and that would have made a little more sense. This it's kind of not so much silly, well, but it's just kind of lame. I think they just use it as a plot point because yeah. they got to do a couple of things in the, in the movie. So yeah. she went to like city hall and did some research, but she was in the angel costume instead of being Molly. Yeah. But of course everybody's looking at her like, why is this prostitute in here doing like everyday normal stuff? Yeah. And like everybody's staring at her. So it was just kind of a, and the cops round up all the prostitutes on the block. Yeah. And they and take she's her into, even and, though she wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And then she spats off all this law stuff, statutes and stuff, why they can't be held. Yeah. And they get out. Right. So, I mean, I guess it just gave them scenes in the movie they could use because yeah, of it. Yeah, but there still needed to be some sense of her being Angel again. Oh, and it, I totally and agree. working for her yeah. in this thing. And the only reason, or the only time that there's any any sense of that at all was that one guy that tried to pick her up and she... Who just was walking by, had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah, just some John. And she pulled a gun on him and said, yeah. you know... Get out of here! Or I'll blow your balls in the next yeah. week or whatever the hell she said. And but the, yeah. okay, but the plot though, the guys that killed Andrews, oh yeah, are hitmen for this big, not like mafia guy, but this big crime lord guy, yeah, who's buying up all the properties of Hollywood Boulevard, yeah, and he's trying to own the whole boulevard. But come to find out, he's threatened people, he's killed people, mm-hmm. you know, he's paid less than what stuff's worth to get all of it, yeah. Anybody that opposes him, Andrews and his undercover. Another cop, female cop, found out some stuff mm-hmm. and had information. That's why the hit the hit guys were sent after. That's what it was. Yeah, they were they sent were after sent like after his her. partner, mm-hmm. and he was going to try to save her. That's yeah. how it happened in the beginning. So Angel kind of finds out that that's what's going on, but she doesn't know who the guy is yet. Right. But then she does the research and finds out who's been buying up all the properties. And, oh, the hit guys find out there's a loose end, Johnny Glitter. Mm-hmm. might have seen them yeah, so, so in case he saw them him down. yeah they they go after him and of course angel and kit show up and, and save johnny yeah you know, him with and the six guns and she has a shotgun and they end up taking out one of the hitmen so that's two down now out of the four yeah and they the, the remaining two are mm-hmm. like those are professionals 
yeah. I guess they couldn't see him very well to see that one of them's like a cowboy and the other one's a prostitute and yeah. they just got shot at by them. But whatever. But because they got taken out, they yeah, like, they're, they're professionals. professionals. So the next time Angel and Kit come upon the bad guys, right? They're outside the door of a motel room or an apartment, and the the two bad guys are in there with a bunch of prostitutes. And he's the one guy's sadistic. He's wants them to do something they don't want to do, and he's beating the crap out of one of them. So Kit kicks the door in, yeah, and points the six guns at him. And the other guy's reaching for his gun. Angel grabs one prostitute, and they run out. And then Kit and Angel and this prostitute start running. And Kit says, "You go this way. I'll distract them up this way." And they split up. And as Angel's running, this is the, one of the coolest <laughs> it was, things in it. It was cool but cheesy, but yeah. it's still funny. But she's running. She runs by a lady mopping up in the hallway, and she spills the soap, the water all down the hall. Yeah. And then she cuts down another hall. Well, the guy comes running down the hall and he slips on the water and starts sliding down the hall and he slides to the end of the hall right out the window, four stories up. Yep. <laughs> and it lands on the getaway car that yeah. Johnny Angel's driving. Johnny Angel. Johnny Angel. Johnny Glitter. <laughs> Johnny Glitter. Johnny is it. Angel. Johnny Angel, that's right. Yeah, and, and they had, um before they left Johnny Glitter in the car, they said, if you see the guy... Then honk, honk the, horn. the horn. You hit up. You hit that horn. So of course the guy he is lands sliding, on the car and down sliding down off the, the top of the windshield. Yeah. And she, he starts pointing at the windshield. He's like, "Oh!" And then he and starts hitting the horn. Wah <laughs> wah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So stupid. No. Oh. And uh, oh, I forgot to say how the serial killer got killed in the first movie. Well, I'll leave that. To you. That's a nice surprise in yes. the first movie. But yeah. So then this one is. They get all the hitmen. I forget mm-hmm. how the last guy gets it, or maybe was that, or was that the last guy? No, that wasn't the last guy. They anyway, end up, they end up with the guy's son. And yeah, then there's the, the the showdown. Yeah, the crime lord's son, who's played by the guy who was the first, the guy who killed Kim Richards in Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and he was also <laughs> the Duke of New York's second, the really weird looking guy with the bug eyes. What and the tall his hair. name? Do we remember? I can't remember his name. I mean, his the actor's name. I, I, can't, yeah, I can't remember his name. Anyway, but he's just normal looking in a suit in this. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, he says, "I'll up, take care of it personally," and he goes after him. They end up they have him captured, but he escapes. And anyway, they end up having to. Kit ends up shooting him through the head, like right, in the right through the forehead. And right after they shoot him, they get a call. They get a call from the dad, the kingpin dad, and he says, "I've got little Buck." They had broken into Solly's place, yeah. and they they kidnapped Little Buck, and they said, "If you want Little Buck back, then you'll get me my son." Yeah, Solly was with Angel, but she left two of the drag queen prostitutes, yeah, looking after him, who were much better looking and convinced more convincing than Dick Sean. Ever oh yeah, could they have been. were hot. But they and it's funny because there's a fight scene and these these drag queens <laughs> they are, are beating punching the, the shit out of out of these other guys. But <laughs> of course, they end up getting killed, shot, and killed. They didn't have guns. Yeah. But yeah, so he's kidnapped the baby. So then the rest of the movie is them meeting with the son, who they put in a wheelchair. <laughs> they put the they with put a gag in, a in his mouth, and they put a bandaid over his forehead where the bullet wound is. <laughs> and his eyes are wide open. Yeah. They're across the hall from the guy, and the dad says, "Whatever your name is, son, are you okay?" And Kit has his hand behind his head, and he nods his head yeah. up and down. <laughs> It was great. But then, yeah, the last few minutes is, is them getting the baby back, and it's a gunfight and uh, and stuff. Oh, that's where the last hitman's there. He gets mm-hmm. shot there, yeah. Yeah. So, 
that's that. Again, it's just not near as... It's basic, I guess, is the best way to say it. The first movie is a little quirky, and this one isn't quirky. It's like a a tribute to the first one. I, not even a tribute. It's like... It, they were the just same, trying to cash It was in. the same director, though. Was is it? Is the thing, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, the girl that they had playing Angel in this one was not nearly as good as the girl they had in the first. This this, this one, she just... I don't know. There were moments where she just... Really kind of bland. Uh, well, not even bland. It's almost like she was overkill. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just... Well, the girl in the first one, I can't remember her name either. She was just um, natural. Yeah. I mean, was she a, wasn't like a great no, actor, there were a couple but scenes, she was just... Yeah, she was more... Felt more like real. Yeah. There was some scenes where she was really good, and there yeah. were a couple where she was like, eh, okay. Well, yeah. But this one, this girl's evenly just, eh, okay the whole time. You know? and, and sometimes like, oh my God, yeah. could you please not do that again? Though she was hot. Oh, yeah. And there's a little bit of nudity in this one, too. Yeah. Which is, you gotta have in a grindhouse drive-in movie, mm-hmm. which is not worth watching. Right. <laughs> now, the other two sequels, I'm not sure if any of the other characters appear again. I haven't, I didn't mm-hmm. even look them up yet to find yeah. out. We watched both of these on Tubi, I think, on the Roku. Yes. Yeah, it was on Tubi. Yeah, which is commercials, but it's uncut. Yeah. Which and, is good. and the commercials are, well, we've talked about Tubi before. The commercials are not very often. Yeah. And they tell you how many there are. So like one of four commercials and you know that way yeah. you have a clue. Yeah. But they're not, not as troublesome as many. But it's easy to, I don't know if it's out on Blu-ray or DVD or what have you. Uh, I, I would almost be sure that it is. Probably. But you can catch it on the Tubi. Uh, both of them. And they're fun. It's a fun. They're both a fun watch, but the first one is uh, infinitely more enjoyable than the second one. Yeah. After watching the first one, we were really disappointed in the whole tone and feel of the second one because mm-hmm. it it feels like it was made by somebody that saw the first one years and years before. You know, it doesn't feel it like it was made forgot. by the same guy. No, it really doesn't. You know. Yeah, it's very very different feeling for sure. Yeah. I think the music was the most distracting for me. But yeah, it, was, it really was. It was, it was too weird. much emphasis on that and. The songs and incidental music in the first one didn't have much of that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty strange. Yeah. It was uh, still a, a fun time watching them both, and it was nice to take a short break <laughs> oh, yeah. from all of yeah. our chaos and, right you know, now. A good female revenge picture is always a lot of fun because you like, you, like well, you like seeing the underdog win and come back, but especially when you know somebody's been wrong or a girl's been wrong and the, you know, the guys, the bad guys think they're have this weak female and yeah. can't do anything. And then she comes back and just wrecks shop on these guys. Yeah, you know? yeah. And especially if it's brutal, then it's more satisfying. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the, the high points of the second one were the the guy sliding out the window. Because I I, you, you watch him start to slide and you think, oh, he's just going to slide and stop at the end of the hall or slide into a it's wall. Right out the but window. But then the camera cuts and you see that window. You're like, oh, no. He's, oh, there he goes. He just <laughs> sailed right on he out just there. just sailed right out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when, when Kit shoots the guy in the forehead, you oh, didn't really see great. that coming right no, there. I and this is quickly boom. Good. And Kit was like, the look is like, I had enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I guess that's about it. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot more to say about this. I mean, I would definitely recommend uh watching them watching them both because so you can see the the difference in the two. But definitely if you're only gonna watch one, watch the first one. Uh, it was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be. And I'll probably watch it again at some point. Yeah, I agree. You I know. think that's a good plan. 
And we have to watch the third and fourth one, too. But, you know, we don't have to yeah. talk about this. Be sure to check out the Facebook page. I'll post as you know, many pictures as I can find and throw the trailers up there, too. And if I, any behind-the-scenes cool stuff. And drop us a line on there, the Facebook page. You know, say hi, talk about the podcast, tell us to shut up, whatever. Or the Phantasmo After Dark email at phantasmoad at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Phantasmode, all one word, gmail.com. And we'll respond. Indeed. Well, right. I guess we have one thing left to do. One thing left to do, and that's play The World Revolves Around Planet of the Apes. This is the game we do, try to do, about every episode, where Phyllis gives me somebody from the movies we're talking about, and I connect them in as few steps as possible back to the original Planet of the Apes series. Clayton and I came up with this game years before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, because the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. So, right. hit me. Indeed. All right, so let's do Roy Calhoun. Rory, Rory Calhoun. Rory Calhoun. Yeah, Rory. That's hard to say. <laughs> okay, Rory Calhoun. Let's see. Was in Motel Hell. He was Farmer Vincent. And Motel Hell. Oh, God, I can't think of the actress's name. But she was also Beulah Ballbricker in Porky's. Okay. Okay, Farmer Vincent's sister. Yeah. She was Beulah Ballbricker in Porky's. Okay. Kim Cattrall was in Porky's. Mm-hmm. Kim Cattrall was in Star Trek the Undiscovered Country. With Leonard Nimoy, who's Spock, who was in the original series, and Mark Leonard played Sarak, his father, and Mark Leonard was also Orko in the Planet of the Apes TV series. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. And it does. Good job. And it does. If I thought about it, I, could, I might be able to take a shorter route, but you know, that was just That's that okay. was a quickie there. I'm sad you did not know the one lady's name. That's disappointing. You know, it's just, I'm just drawing a blank on it. I can almost see it. It's okay. I'm not one to talk. I can never remember anybody's name right after we watch the damn movie. So (laughs) it's fine. All right. I guess that's about it. That's all I got. Me too. All right. Well, till next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. Remind me never to get murdered.